when you're dealing with a bout of anxiety to get up, to be early, to set goals, to look at your goals, to go to the gym, to lift weights, to ride your bike, to read a book that's inspiring or empowering, that is hard, right? Because all you're doing in the back of your mind is battling all these noises and voices and all of this pressure. But I promise you, as you do it, it'll help you punch through the dark time faster than if you, you succumb to it and submitted to the darkness. Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, guys, welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. It is my privilege, it is my honor to welcome you to a really, really exciting solo episode on the podcast. Now, I think we're 150 episodes in, give or take, and this today, my friends, is the first solo episode. So um, over the coming months inside of this podcast, we are going to be continuing to put out amazing content uh, to help give you clarity on your path to financial freedom. But in addition to joint content, we're now going to be producing and releasing content that are thoughts from Jimmy, thoughts from Brad, and thoughts from myself. Uh, to give you a little bit of context as to why this is, you know, I think one of the best analogies I can give you is when we first launched Cashflow Tactics, we tried to identify, look, what are the unique skills, gifts, talents, and abilities that each one of us have inside of this movement of leading people to financial freedom? And how can we lean in to those strengths, lean into those abilities to help more people? And to rather than trying to be all things to everyone, what if Jimmy was really good at what Jimmy was good at? And what if Brad was really good at what he was good at? And what if I was really good at what I was good at? And so as we identified our characteristics, our traits, our talents, the way we connected or resonated with people, we associated ourselves, each one of us, with a superhero character. So uh, let me let me kind of share with you. And first, I'm going to share with you the three superhero characters that we identified. And then if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, maybe you can choose uh, which person, Brad, myself, or Jimmy, aligns with that character. So we identified uh, the Hulk, we identified Captain America, and we identified Tony Stark, Iron Man. So as you guys have got to know us over the years, maybe this is your first podcast, and if so, welcome to the game, my friend. If this, if you're a longtime podcast listener, again, welcome to the game and thank you. But can you identify which one of each one of us would go with each one of those characters? Um, so obviously, Jimmy is identified with the Hulk. Jimmy brings an amazing, uh, very intellectual presence. For many of you that don't know, Jimmy was a philosophy major and has a very philosophical side about him, but he can also just be a bull in a china shop and wreck things when they need to be wrecked. He's very good at just getting right to the point, no BS, and getting right after. And so we we branded and named him internally the Hulk. Uh, Brad is a scientist, right? Brad can see the world of numbers like no one else can see the world of numbers, but he has a very unique ability to take this world that very few people can see and translate it back into something useful for the rest of us mere mortals. So Brad is Tony Stark, and I'm Captain America. And the reason that that I resonated so much with this idea of being Captain America is, look, I am so individually driven for freedom. And I'm so motivated and inspired to help other people live their best life. 
And I believe money is the thing that holds so many people back. And I'm willing to do just about anything I can within my range of abilities to help you be free. So with that in mind, today on this solo podcast, I'm going to be talking to you about the idea of freedom. And in fact, one of the things I'm going to be talking to you about is something that very rarely is ever discussed. And uh, it's actually the anxiety associated with financial freedom. Now, this might sound like a crazy topic for me to come out for the first uh, solo podcast and talk about financial freedom anxiety, but I think it is so critically important to anyone on the path to becoming financially free, okay? And here's why. Um, one of my biggest beefs with the financial freedom market's place, right? The, the people, the, the industries, the gurus who preach this idea of financial freedom is they do it in a way that, in my opinion, is a lie. In fact, just this morning, okay, it is, I'm going to date stamp this podcast. It is August 9th, 2021. And just this morning, Brad and I uh, were on a meeting uh, before we went live with our team and we were asking ourselves, man, why is this so hard? <laughs> why is this so hard? When, when is the passive income going to happen? Now, here's the reality. There's lots of ways to get passive income. But the, what I want to talk to you about today is the biggest lie that is perpetuated in this idea of financial freedom is that it is easy. It's that th this idea that everything is passive, right? It's this laptop lifestyle. If you follow these three simple strategies, you can sit on a beach, sit my ties and be financially free without a care in the world. It's this lie that really attracts a lot of people to the space of financial freedom. But the reality of it is it's, that's not the truth. That's not what really happens, nor is that really a possibility. So, you know, increasingly we're told in America that results should be easy that we, you, me, we are entitled to results, right? Just because we're Americans, we're entitled to results. We're entitled to the best that the world has to offer. We believe that just like on Amazon Prime, we can find anything that we want within a click of a button right on our cell phone. We can have that thing served up to us in the silver platter in a matter of hours, if not maybe a day, right? And so our attention span, our commitment to results is waning for a lot of us, right? And and the reality of this is, um, the reason I want to talk about this concept of, of financial freedom anxiety is, for me personally, I've actually struggled with anxiety my entire life. I used to refer to it as stress or tension, but I've learned over the years to identify it by what it is. It's anxiety, right? And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It just, it is what it is. In fact, the realization and ultimately the acceptance that I had anxiety inside of my life was actually empowering. I knew what it was. I could identify it and I could then with clarity, start to face it with confidence and work on solutions to get through it. And so, you know, I think some oftentimes, you know, when we resist the truth, when we resist reality, that causes more anxiety. And so I don't share this to get sympathy. I'm not, I'm not coming on this solo podcast talking about financial freedom, anxiety to get sympathy or anything like that. My objective with the, the podcast today is to give you a dose of reality, especially for what we stand for here in Cashflow Tactics. Right, financial freedom, especially in a condensed period of time. Our mission here at Cashflow Tactics is you, anyone, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience, can become financially free in ten years or less. Okay, and I've seen it happen in far less time frames from people who have nothing to start off with. So the reality of it is, you know, when when you're going to embark on such a noble and and aggressive strategy it is going to come along with its fair share of challenges, okay? It's going to be hard. You're going to have to face your fears. Uh, but like all good things in life, I can promise you it is worth it, okay? Uh, Thomas Paine, uh, before I get into what I'm gonna share with you on this topic, I'm gonna kind of give you a little bit more context, okay? So Thomas Paine 
wrote an article, several articles, but one article during the Revolutionary War when the soldiers' morale was fading, right? They started off in the summer, it was warm, it was nice, but in the winter and the fall, they were cold, they were hungry, they were destitute, and they were struggling. And he wrote this document, I called it The Times That Try Men's Souls, and it was called The Crisis. I'm gonna just quote something from Thomas Paine here. He says, tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Okay, now what does this have to do with anything that we're talking about today? I'm not talking about going off and fighting in the Revolutionary War, but I am talking about fighting the battle of your life the battle to be individually sovereign, personally free. And for so many people, it's money that holds them back from the greatest dreams and adventures that they once had for their life. So I share this with you so you can be aware that on your path to financial freedom, it's not passive income, it's not peaches and cream, it's not super easy, it is going to be hard. But just like Thomas Paine's quote from up above, uh, freedom is highly rated, right? And it would be strange indeed as if such a celestial article as freedom didn't require some work and effort on your part. So what I'm going to share with you today are five tips, five tips to help you overcome anxiety or work through anxiety, I guess would be a better way to say it. And the reason I'm gonna share these with you is because still today, right? Still today, even though I'm financially free, I've got cash flow coming in that exceeds my expenses, that doesn't mean I sit on easy street. That doesn't mean I'm just sipping pina coladas all day, right? Now, the cash flow, don't get me wrong, and financial freedom has given me far greater options than I've ever had inside of my life. I get to choose what I do with my time. I get to choose the goals that I take on, the projects that I take on. And guys, I'm here on this podcast because I chose to be here. Now, as I grow and develop in the stage of life that I'm in, it is still hard. It requires sacrifice. It requires stress. It requires fear. It requires me to face those fears and punch through and deal with the anxiety that inevitably comes with this pursuit of personal expansion. So a little over a decade ago, I started my path to financial freedom, okay? And just like many of you, as you've listened to this podcast, maybe some of you have taken action on your game plan. And in the beginning, it's exciting, okay? It's exciting to sit down in a game plan and have your path clearly outlined and mapped out for you. I'll never forget my first game plan when I sat down and I saw what I was doing, putting money in a 401k and mutual funds and all those things. I saw clearly that that would never work. I would never get what I wanted. I felt it. I saw it. I was convinced, right? But I also saw the opposite of that. I saw if I switched my strategy and started building cash flow instead of net worth, I saw what was possible. I saw this idea, this dream, this glimmer of hope that in a fraction of time compared to what the path I was on, I could be financially free. That got me so excited that it got me to go out and start taking action. And I'll never forget the very first property that I bought. <laughs> you know, I bought that property, I signed the dotted line, and I walked around with my chest puffed out, right? I was a real estate investor. I was proud of myself. I was excited and uh, no anxiety whatsoever. I was just naively excited. Then I bought the second property. And I remember that second property, I, I had a lit, a little bit of, you know, kind of a realization that, oh my gosh, I now have two properties, two tenants two rents to manage, two houses, and the stress started to peak. Now, I didn't acknowledge it. I didn't recognize it. I didn't put my finger on it, but I started to feel a little bit of apprehension. But the third property, I'll never forget. 
It was over Mother's Day weekend, okay? Mother's Day weekend, I closed on the property and I came home on a Friday after doing it and I leaned up against the counter inside of my, my kitchen and I was hyperventilating. I was, I was having a mini panic attack. I was anxious, I was scared, I was nervous because of the gravity of what I was stepping into, right? Managing properties, scaling a portfolio, trying at this point in my, in my game plan, I was trying to do it all myself. I was trying to find the properties, manage them, rehab them, renovate them, collect the rent and all the things. And I remember I was hyperventilating. I remember my wife, she came over and she, you know, patted me on the back, kind of, you know, scratched my neck a little bit. And she whispered words of encouragement into my ears. And she built my confidence back up and helped me face the fears that were in the back of my mind. And honestly, you know, over the next couple of months, those fears started to come to into a reality, right? And over the next couple of months, I dealt with a lot of setbacks inside of the game of real estate. And there came a point in time where the, after the third property, I was ready to quit. I was ready to walk away because I hadn't fully understood the sacrifice that was going to be required to become financially free. In fact, I'll tell you the story to kind of put a, a nail in this, this story. So I put a tenant into that third property and that tenant was willing to pay me more money than any other tenant that I was taking applications for. And the tenant on paper had, I mean, every red flag that you could possibly imagine, right? From having not paid rents, getting evicted, being arrested, all kinds of things. But this guy was willing to pay me six months of rent in advance, plus a pretty sizable down payment on a deposit on the house. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to take it, right? And I did it. And over the next six, seven months, that guy made my life a living hell, right? And uh, call after call, weekends, nights, mornings, holidays, you name it, uh, there were issues. And I'll never forget the day I got a call. I was still working in the corporate world back at the time. And I was selling, I, I used to sell medical devices and hospital beds. And I was up in Rapid City, South Dakota in the hospital up there inside of a boardroom of a bunch of doctors and hospital administrators. And I was trying to sell this big package of medical equipment. And I'll never forget, my cell phone just started blowing up, man. I mean, it was boom, boom, call after call after call after call. And I, I kept glancing at it, you know, to see what was going on. Uh, and every number that came in was from the same area code. I'm in Utah, and so it's an 801 area code, but from a different phone number. And I was like, this is weird. What's going on? Now, I knew what was going on because, you know, it had been building up for months. But anyway, I stepped out, I excused myself from the boardroom, and I started listening to my voice messages. And the first voicemail was from the tenant's wife. She was crying and she was apologizing and saying she was sorry and that he didn't mean to. <laughs> Several voicemails after that from many of the neighbors of the property that I own saying, hey, we're going to sue you. Uh, then I had a call from the tenant himself who was yelling and screaming belligerently saying they deserved it. It's not my fault. Uh, and then finally to Capstone, I had a call from a police officer saying, son, you better give me a call. You're in trouble. Um, and so ultimately what happened, this tenant shots with a cat in the middle of a crowded family neighborhood, a neighborhood cat just obliterated it right on the front porch of his house because apparently the cat had been coming onto his house. And despite, you know, whatever, the fact that it was a cat, he thought it was appropriate to literally blast that cat with a gun. And so look, here's the reality. I'll never forget that day. I wanted to throw my phone across the wall. The anxiety that I refused to look at or acknowledge was creeping up. And now it was right in front of my face. And I had to face the reality of did I actually want to be free? Okay, and I want you to think about that for a minute. Did I actually want what I said I wanted? Because this was my perfect opportunity to say, no, nah, I don't want that. It's too hard. Uh, and to walk away. And maybe I would have been the next horror story in real estate, the guy that complains of real estate isn't what everyone makes it out to be. It's too hard. It's not worth it. I'm going to go back to the 401k. But I had an opportunity to 
second guess myself and to find an internal commitment that was not there before. You see, prior to this experience, I was just interested in the idea, interested in the concept of financial freedom, right? The mirage, right? It was all the things that were marketed. I thought after 20 homes, I would be sipping Mai Tais, hiking in the mountains and doing whatever I wanted to do. That was what got me going. But what I learned along the way was it required an internal commitment that would really tell me the story of the only difference between me being financial free and me back then is I wasn't committed enough. So I had an opportunity to find a level of commitment. And over the years, as I've went from those three properties to several more of that, now done hundreds of transactions. And now I lead a movement along with Brad and Jimmy inside of Cashflow Tactics of people who are rising up so they can live free. I've identified some tactics, some, some tools that I put in my toolbox to face and to deal with the anxiety that is inevitable for so many people on this path to financial freedom. Uh, you know, I've talked to hundreds, thousands of people inside of our community. And in the beginning, it's just like me, right? They're all excited. And I try to tell them the truth, you know, um, and, and you hear what you need to hear. And honestly, it's good that you don't fully listen to the truth in the beginning because many people wouldn't even move. But all the time, right, they come back six months, 12 months, 18 months into their journey, and it's time for the pep talk. It's time for the reality check. It's time for, look, you're in the pit of despair. That's part of the journey, and it's okay, okay? So I'm going to give you five tactics, five tactics to help you punch through dark times and deal with anxiety, okay? So tactic number one, identify your triggers, okay? Identify your triggers. Um, I believe prevention, prevention is so much easier than correction, right? And so if you can start to learn and identify your personal triggers, you can start to put in safeguards around them. You can start to prevent catastrophes before catastrophes ever happen. Uh, for me, one of my biggest triggers is, man, when I'm asked to do favors, okay? And what, what is, what, like, am I a mean person? I don't know. Um, but look, here's the reality. I thought that I could achieve my path to financial freedom a lot faster in the beginning if I did it all myself, right? And so I didn't need a management company. I didn't need a handyman. I didn't need someone to collect the rent. I can do it all myself. That was the mindset that I walked around with, right? And so when my tenants would call me up, whether it was a good excuse, a bad excuse, or just something in the middle, man, I would bend over backwards, right? The tenant who shot the neighbor's cat, you know, after I put him in the property and he gave me all that down payment, he didn't pay rent, not a single time for the next six months. And to get him out of the property, I refunded every dollar that he paid me in the beginning. Um, and so, look, when I'm being asked to do things for other people, I'm a nice guy, right? I want to help other people. And sometimes it's hard for me to hold my boundaries. And so what I identified, especially in the game of financial freedom, is I cannot be the person that's actually talking to the tenant. I want the tenant to pay their rents, right? I, I, they, that's part of the contract. We've made an agreement. I'm going to give them an amazing place to live in an amazing neighborhood. And their agreement back for that is they're going to pay a specified amount of rent. And if there's any deviation from that agreement, I don't want to be the one that has to go in and play hardball, right? And so that's a trigger for me. And once I identified that trigger, I could put a solution in place. Now I have property managers for all of my real estate, and it makes my life so much easier. You know, another thing, another thing is over the course of time, I see this happen all the time with people in our game is, you know, people coming in and they don't know what their triggers are. They think they can do it all themselves and they get overwhelmed which is the opposite of freedom, right? When I had those three properties, I was managing everything, nothing was working out. It, I was further away from financial freedom than when I started. I might as well have just gone back to my 401k. I had more freedom, even though I didn't own my time. I at least had freedom, peace of mind that, hey, 
It, I don't have to look at it until I'm 65. So getting my money, taking control of it and doing something with it when I was overwhelmed was the opposite of freedom. Okay, so that's tactic number one, identify your triggers. Tactic number two, okay, and this is a really, really important one. Tactic number two is stay in the game. Stay in the game. What does that mean? Um, you know, when you're dealing with bouts of stress or anxiety, uh, it's easy to push the pause button on life, right? It's easy to recede into a corner, to sink into a black hole. Uh, you feel like life is too overwhelming and you cannot move forward anymore. And you give yourself permission to uh, to recede, to stay in bed, to sleep longer than you would have, to stop your workout routine, to stop reading, to stop associating with people that love and care about you, whatever that is. When you're in a dark phase, many people shut down. And if you shut down, it's only going to exacerbate the problem, right? It's going to make it worse. All you do when you shut down is you feel more anxiety. You sink deeper into the pit. Um, and so for me, one of the things that I've, I've, man, and it's really hard. It's really, really hard when you're dealing with a bout of anxiety to get up, to be early, to set goals, to look at your goals, to go to the gym, to lift weights, to uh, run, ride your bike, to read a book that's inspiring or empowering. That is hard, right? Because all you're doing in the back of your mind is battling all these noises and voices and all of this pressure, but I promise you, as you do it, it'll help you punch through the dark time faster than if you you succumb to it and submitted to the darkness, okay? Um, I remember, in fact, this happened about three or four years ago, a major catastrophe inside of, inside of uh, Castro Tactics happened. I mean, a major one. And I thought we were going to lose everything. I thought I personally was going to lose everything over some legal issues with, um, I won't go into the details, but man, <laughs> I did not stay in my routine for like 30 days. I remember uh, when I found out, you know, what had ha actually happened, um, I laid on the floor in my office and I literally did not move for like 24 hours. I couldn't get up. I remember my wife, Beth, she came in and asked me a couple of times, Ryan, are you okay? Do I need to take you to the hospital? I didn't get up. And then here was the worst part. I, I let go of my routine for 30, like 30, 45 days. And it was so hard after 30 or 45 days uh, outside of my, my routine to get back into momentum. And so Inside of Cashflow Tactics, we talk a lot about with our community about a power hour. I'm not going to go into that in this podcast. Maybe that'll be another one. But all I'm trying to say here is stay in the game. Do the things that put you in power. Do the things that make you feel good about your life. Do the things that alleviate anxiety instead of contribute to it. Okay. That's tactic number two. Tactic number three, catch the edge. Catch the edge. Okay. Now, when you're going through a challenge, when a challenge that you're faced with, because guys, as I talked about, the challenges are part of the game of, of becoming financially free. So the third one is catch the as edge, catch the edge. <laughs> Realize and understand that challenges are part of the path. Okay. Everything I'm telling you today is to help give you a sense of realization. So when you're caught with a challenge, you're not caught off guard. You're aware of it. You expected it. You are in some cases somewhat prepared for it. Now, I don't know all the challenges you're going to have. I don't know all the challenges I'm going to have. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a house burn down. I wasn't emotionally or mentally prepared for that. Um, but I was financially prepared for it, right? I'd put the, the necessary precautions in place from insurance and reserves in place to deal with that and to not let it break my stride, okay? But catch the edge. And what do I mean by this? You know, everyone talks about there's two sides to a coin, right? There's the heads and the tails. Um, I think it's in the book. It's in one of Robert Kiyosaki's book where he talks about this, but there's actually a third side to the coin, right? And the third side is the edge. When you're on the edge, you get a chance to look at both sides of the coin with a greater sense of perspective. You get to look at the situations that happen and you get to determine, you get to assign a meaning, right? The power of your life is not when you're dictated to what things mean, but when you get to do the dictating, right? When you get to say, look, it's the meaning that I assign to this experience that will determine the outcome of this experience. And so 
just like when my tenant shot a cat, like the meaning that I assigned to it because I was completely and emotionally and physically and financially unprepared for it, like it knocked me on the ground. And I, I, the meaning I assigned to it is the world is crashing down. I'm going to declare bankruptcy. I'm going to go to jail. Nothing's going to work out. I'm a failure, right? That was the meaning. And that obviously put me in a pretty fast tell, you know, downward spin. But look, what if I could catch the edge and say, look, what if this helps me understand that I have to be better at selecting the tenants? In fact, maybe I shouldn't even be the one selecting the tenants. Maybe there should be a management company. I mean, that was the experience that allowed me to go from three properties really, really slow to going very, very fast because I finally got out of the way. So um, when you're catching the edge, know that, um, that you know, what you're doing matters. You have to have a very, very clear remembrance of why you're doing what you're doing, right? Go, go back to the Thomas Paine quote. If the soldiers fighting the Revolutionary War uh, were not aware of what they were doing, right? When the hard times came up, it tried their soul and they were willing to walk away unless they remembered that freedom. Freedom is what they were fighting for and they were willing to lay it all on the line, including their life for it. So just like that, inside of your journey of financial freedom, remember what you're doing. Remember why you are doing it. Have a very, very clear vision of what you want and why it matters. And also ask yourself some questions, right? Um, you know, when, when something hard happens, ask yourself, is what I'm doing worth it, right? Remember what you want and look at the situation for what it is and ask yourself, is it worth it? Obviously, it's going to be worth it. And so you punch through it. If it's worth it, also ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario, right? When you can start to get out of your head, because if the anxiety, if the feelings stay in your head, man, you can blow this story to be up huge, right? But if you can start to get the facts out in front of you and start to look at, hey, yeah, a tenant shot a neighbor's cat. That's bad, right? That's bad. But let's look at the the uh, property agreement, the renters agreement, the the homeowners insurance, all of them, uh, the things that we have in place to protect me, right? I can start to look at that and say, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? And when I do that, right, when I do that, I realize it's not that bad, right? It's the stories in my head, unless I get those stories out in front of me and start looking at them in the daylight, right? Those stories will will blow up and I'll think that they're overwhelming, okay? So tactic number three is catch the edge. Tactic number four is give yourself permission, okay? Give yourself permission. This is really important, okay? We talk a lot inside of Cashflow Tactics about your game plan and about targets and about getting up and doing the work, rising up, all of these things. Yes, that is important, okay? In fact, that is critical. But if you're going through a hard time, maybe, maybe you can give yourself a little bit of grace. Maybe you can give yourself a little bit of permission to lick your wounds, to cry some tears if that's necessary, to cry on the shoulder of your spouse or your accountability partner, Maybe you take a day off your routine, maybe two, right? But whatever it is, give yourself permission to fill what, it, what you need to fill and get it out of your system. But never, just like I was telling you about the experience where I stayed in the hole for 30 or 45 days, never, 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 never allow yourself to stay in that, that place of ultra anxiety for longer than two days. It's so much harder. The longer you stay in the pit, the harder it is to climb out. So give yourself permission to fill what you need to fill. And then move forward, right? Move forward, get back on track, start taking little teeny actions again, start getting back your confidence and your momentum. Um, the other thing is, you know, give yourself permission to be sad, yes, but here's another big part of this, this idea of giving yourself permission. Give yourself permission to celebrate. You know, one of the biggest things inside of Cashflow Tactics that I love about this community is when people are winning, they're celebrating individually, together, as a group. We celebrate them every single year at our event, you know, giving them awards, patting them on the back, high-fiving them. Uh, because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, the path to financial freedom is going to try you. It's going to stretch you. It's going to challenge you. 
give yourself permission to acknowledge who you're becoming in the process, okay? Chase that high. All right, tactic number five, last tactic, my friends, is get present, right? You have power only in one moment, right? If you live predominantly in the future, you're in constantly a state of anxiety because it's all future-based. What if this? What if that? What if this? If you live in the past, right? I could have done this better. I wish I would have done this. I wish that would have turned out this way. You live in a state of depression, right? Past is depression. Future is anxiety. Power is found in the present moment. So get present. When you're going through a bout of stress or anxiety, um, let go, get outside, touch something, do whatever you can to engage your emotions in the present, right? Get out of your head and get in the present. Find an outdoor hobby, spend time with loved ones, write in a journal, uh, whatever it is, get into the present moment. So my friends, I hope this episode resonated with those who it needs to resonate with. Now, maybe not all of you are going to be facing financial freedom anxiety. Maybe all of you will, I don't know. Um, but I know I certainly have and will continue to feel that as I grow and expand inside of my personal life and my financial life and every aspect of my life, it's this idea that challenges are inevitable. And when I remember and know that challenges are inevitable, rather than resisting them, rather than being caught off guard by them, rather than being surprised by them, I can face them with confidence, knowing that the refiner's fire, the freedom that I'm chasing has a price. And if I'm willing to pay the price, then I get to reap the benefits of what that price brings to me. So my friends, stay committed, stay committed to the game. I hope these five tactics help you in a moment of darkness, punch through it faster and more effectively. And ultimately, ultimately learn and grow from it, right? Those challenges, honestly, they make you who you are. In fact, what I would tell anyone that, that's studying this, this path of financial freedom, don't ever study success. Don't study success, study failure. If you study failure, that's how you see how winners win, right? It's the, it's the people who are willing to fail, who are willing to fall and get back up and move forward despite that setback. That's how winners are made. So my friends, thank you for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast as usual. As usual, I'm sure to appreciate your support of this podcast, your support of this message. And the best way to support this message is to do something about it, right? If you're ready to get on your path to financial freedom, the easiest way to do that, go find us over on Facebook, Cashflow Tactics. Find us on Facebook. We have a free five-day challenge. We have a free webinar. We have every tool that you need to gain a sense of awareness of what is ultimately working inside of your life and what you need to do different if, if you want to be financially free in 10 years or less. So my friends, uh, until the next time, have a great day. Rise up so that you can live free. I hope you enjoyed that last episode and thanks so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you have a question that you'd like us to answer raw and uncut on this podcast? All you need to do is head over to the Apple podcast and do three simple things. Number one, leave a rating and review telling us what you think of the podcast. Number two, in that review, ask anything you want related to your path to becoming financially free. And third, if you want to shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your questions answered live, raw, and uncut. Join us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.